Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Taryn Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am here with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hello. Hello. And today I am bringing you guys a spooky episode that stays in our kind of serial killer theme we got going on here for Serial Killer Summer. We briefly were like, if there's any ghost stories involving serial killers, we need to do it. Well, guess what? I found a list of it. I got a few. I got quite Mm. a few stories about serial killers and whatnot that are supposedly still chilling in the afterlife. So I thought that'd be fun. It is exciting. (laughs) i've often thought like you know because like most serial killers get caught like it's not like ed kemper who was like i'm done you know most of them get caught before they finish what they consider to be their work so i'm like i wonder if Mm -hmm. they have a lot of unfinished business and if they're all the crazy people out there trying to like the crazy entities out there trying to harm people Ugh, gross theory of mine interesting i like it like i don't like it but like i think it's interesting (laughs) You're like, I like it, but I don't want it to be a thing. (laughs) I'm glad you brought this to my attention, but hopefully it's fake. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a very HR like, I'm really glad you brought this to my attention. I'm going to do everything in my power to make it stop. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our first killer is H.H. Holmes. So it says H.H. Holmes Castle may be gone, but his spirit remains. Fun fact, we did this on a live show like... A while ago. I don't remember what, what year it was, but we we did it. I think it was two. Mm. Damn. Wow, almost two years ago. Okay, so it says, in the late 1800s, the man known as H.H. H. Holmes not only killed dozens of women, he actually built an elaborate murder castle in which he conducted his gruesome deeds. Acting as his own architect, Holmes oversaw the construction of a house filled with traps, blind hallways, secret passages, chutes leading to the basement so he could quickly dispose of bodies. The rooms in the castles were rigged with alarms that alerted Holmes if anyone tried to escape. Some acted as homemade gas chambers, while others were fitted with iron plates and blow torches. In the basement, even worse things waited, and when authorities finally broke in, they found a dissecting table, vats of acid, a crematorium, and a box filled with skeletons. Holmes was hanged in 1896, though it took his heart some 15 minutes to stop beating. That's a long fucking time. It is. I forgot about that. Afterward, several people involved in his execution expired under mysterious circumstances. 
The castle itself was burned to the ground, but the Chamber of Horrors beneath it remained until a post office was built on the lot in 1938. To this day, neighbors continue to report strange sounds from the basement of the post office building, and dogs shy away from the office's exterior. Employees have even reported seeing ghostly figures, presumably Holmes, prowling the basement. Ooh. I don't like it. I don't either. Oh, I'm going to say this name wrong. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Okay, so our next one says, Herb Baumeister sticks close to his victims at Fox Hollow Farm. Why do I feel like I should, like, know that? I don't know. I'm going to give you a brief overview, so I don't know why I'm acting like I'm not going to. (laughs) (laughs) In the early 1990s, men began disappearing from gay nightclubs in Indiana. Police investigations eventually led them to Fox Hollow Farm, the estate of Herb Baumeister, a family man with a history of mental disturbances. On the property... Oh my god. On the property, authorities found more than 5,500 bones and fragments. One searcher was quoted saying it was like a bomb went off in a people factory. He was suspected of slaying as many as 20 men over the course of several years, but before he could be charged with any crime, he fled to Pinery Provincial Park near Ontario, Canada, where he took his own life. Witnesses have since claimed to see his ghost haunting the Tudor home where he burned and buried his victims. The site has even made an appearance on the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventure Show. Ooh. Well, we might have to do that one. Interesting. Okay. William Cockeyed Cook roams the site of his profane burial. Left in an abandoned mine when he was only five years old, William Cockeyed Cook may have been destined for a life of crime from his earliest days. Born with a deformed eyelid that never quite closed, he had the words hard luck tattooed across his knuckles. In 1950, William Cook was fresh out of prison when he was picked up while hitchhiking. He turned on his right and began a vicious spree that spanned Texas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and California before ending in Mexico. Over the course of his travels, Cook also hunted down a family of five, plus their dog and a traveling salesman. Cook perished in the gas chamber in San Quentin and was buried in Peace Church Cemetery in Missouri. His last words were, I hate everybody's guts and everybody hates mine. Rumor has it that he was buried in an unconsecrated ground outside the boundaries of the cemetery and a shadowy figure can be seen standing over his grave. Uh Well, at least he knew everybody fucking hated him. It's true. With good reason. You might be an asshole, but being a self-aware asshole is better than nothing. I guess. (laughs) Oh, right. Harold Shipman hanged himself in his cell, and he's still there. Sometimes called Dr. Death, Harold Shipman may have been one of the most prolific serial killers in history. Okay, like, I swear, they say that about every fucking serial killer. (laughs) All right, cool. (laughs) While this British doctor was convicted of slaying 15 of his patients, later investigations suggest that the number was more likely over 200. Okay, fair enough. After he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, Shipman hanged himself in his cell in Wakefield Prison in 2004 by tying bedsheets to the bars on his window. According to Roy Whiting, himself convicted of killing an eight-year-old girl, Shipman is still there. Complaining of being unable to sleep due to the presence of the spirit, Whiting asked prison staff to remove him from the haunted cell. Well, you killed a kid, so uh, have fun being haunted forever. Fuck you. (laughs) Oh, now we have John Wayne Gacy. So, one of America's most notorious serial killers, John Wayne Gacy, sexually assaulted and killed at least 33 young men and boys in the 1970s. Police found 26 bodies in the crawlspace of his Chicago home. One of the eeriest aspects of his crime sprees was his tendency to dress up as a clown. 
While Gacy's home was dismantled in the search of evidence used against him, the current owners of the newly built house on the property, where it once stood, said he still haunts the address where he committed his grisly deeds, sometimes appearing in costume of his alter ego, Pogo the Clown. Oh my fucking God, no. no. thank you. No, thank mm-hmm. you. Allegedly, an exorcism was performed at the house and Gacy's grave in Mary Hill Cemetery, though Gacy was cremated and there is some debate as to whether he was ever buried at all but that it did nothing to stop the strange occurrences on the property. Oh my god. No, I would move. Sell it, burn it down, goodbye. It's like one of those things where it's like, why would you... I mean, I wonder if it was... It's because so many years later, if it's been disclosed, that that's where it was. Yeah. Maybe they were just like, like, naive. If I saw a ghost of a a huge-ass dude dressed as a clown, goodbye. No, no, no. No, I agree. Serial killer or not. Goodbye. All right. So another notorious serial killer we have is Jeffrey Dahmer. He claimed his first victim in his boyhood home in Bath, Ohio. He took the life of Stephen Hicks before dismembering and disposing of the corpse. Years later, Dahmer was arrested for the murder of 16 more young men. Also, fun fact, we have a super old episode on that, but it's still fun. In November of 1994, he was beaten to death in prison by a fellow inmate who claimed, God told me to do it. I mean, no one was mad at you. No. Today, the ghost of Dahmer may still haunt the home where his first atrocity took place. Various sources have claimed that the house is a particularly good place to get EVP recordings, with one owner even taking the story to NPR. See, I'm really like conflicted about those because like, it's kind of, I don't know if it's because of TikTok or what, but I, I fucking hate when there's like, you know, ghost hunters or mediums. And they're like, oh, I'm talking to Marilyn Monroe or, you know, somebody like Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, I'm like, "Mm, are you or are you just trying to get views? I also think that like entities, especially ones that are like mischievous or malevolent, will fuck with you. (laughs) I don't know. It just it's also weird to me. Right. I'm like, okay. Ooh, our next one is Stank Breath Richard Ramirez. It is believed that he stays at the Cecil Hotel. Man, we've talked about the Cecil quite a bit lately. We have. I feel like we we did in another episode. When Richard Ramirez, better known as the Night Stalker, was sentenced to the gas chamber in 1989, his response was, see you in Disneyland. Ew, I didn't know that. That's, ew, I don't like that. I don't like that. Oh my God. upset. Convicted of 13 murders and a long string of other crimes, Ramirez spent more than 20 years on death row before dying of lymphoma at age 53. While Ramirez may not be in Disneyland, there are those who say his ghost still lurks at the Cecil in the Skid Row neighborhood of Los Angeles, where he stayed while committing several of his crimes. Now, isn't that like super controversial? Like if he actually stayed there or not? No. Or was it controversial if like Marilyn Monroe stayed? Like somebody famous, they were like, that didn't really happen. Well, I mean, they've they've tried to like, I think Richard was kind of like a long term tenant. Yeah. Okay. So his was right. I know there's like somebody where people have claimed they were there and they're like, no. If I, if my memory serves me right, granted, we haven't done the full research on the stank breath yet. So no, we haven't. Mm -mm. If this is true, Ramirez may not be the only one. The hotel is described as a home to murderers, maniacs, and ghosts. In 1991, oh, I think, I don't know if we have him on our, our list for serial killer summer, but I know. He's on a list of ours somewhere that Jack Untenwager from Austria, he stayed at this hotel while working on a crime story. 
And he, plot twist, was also a serial killer who was said to have strangled more than a dozen women before he took his own life in prison. And then, of course, there is the case of Elisa Lamb, which we have talked about plenty of times. But yeah, that that place is said to be super haunted, which I wouldn't be surprised because so many deaths all around accident and not accident have happened there. True. Very true. So I believe it. Jack the Ripper might be revisiting the scenes of his crimes. There is arguably no name more associated with death and mayhem, yet to this day, we still don't know for sure who Jack the Ripper really was. Even when the Ripper was actively committing his foul deeds, he was sometimes depicted in contemporary publications such as a ghost or specter. So it should perhaps come to no surprise that his ghost has been reported visiting the scenes of his crimes. Whoever was responsible for the slaying of at least five women in London in 1888 They made sure to be ghosts themselves by now. (laughs) Or they must surely be ghosts themselves by now. I would hope so. You don't say. Otherwise, you old as fuck. (laughs) Right? As such, individuals taking Jack the Ripper themed tours around London have reported seeing spectral shapes and cobblestones that glow red on the anniversary of one of the murders. One tour goer even snapped a photo of what looked like a mysterious figure standing in the doorway of the cathedral at the Christ Church in Spitalfields across the street from where the last, (laughs) I don't even know how to say, I'm sorry, where the last of the Ripper's atrocities took place. Interesting. It could also be the ghost of the victim. Like, you never know. True. Okay. Bundy's in this article. What? Absolutely fucking not. We all know who the fuck this is. I'm not going to even fucking read that part. (laughs) So, ew, I don't remember this. Apparently, some people said he was smiling when he was in the electric chair. I did not know that. I mean, his, his like... The picture of him after, he doesn't look unhappy. Gross. Some say Bundy's smiling still, as guards at Florida State Prison claim Bundy's ghost sometimes appears seated in the chair that killed him, smiling at anyone who approaches before disappearing. Inmates have reported seeing Bundy as well, with one claiming he's always smiling. Ew. Ew. I don't like that. I don't either. Belle Gunnis buried more than a dozen victims and visits them still. A so-called Lonely Hearts killer is someone who finds victims by placing or answering personal ads, and Bell is one of America's firsts. Hmm. After Bell's farmhouse outside of Laporte, Indiana, burned down in 1908, investigators found numerous bodies buried all over what came to be known as the Horror Farm. In the days, weeks, months, and years that followed, it was revealed that Bell was responsible for the deaths of at least a dozen people and maybe as many as 40. Belle may have also been responsible for the fire that destroyed her farmhouse. In the basement, firefighters discovered the burned bodies of three children and one woman. It is presumed the body of the woman was Belle, though it was impossible to tell for sure because the head was never found. What? Right? What the fuck? Whether Belle perished in that blaze or set it in order to cover her crimes, some say that her ghost now returns to visit the graves of her victims and even sometimes appears in local stores in the nearby town. Wow, I've never heard of her. I haven't either. Interesting. I'm with the look that one up. I like it. Right? All right. The Texas Tower sniper haunts the scene of his crimes. In a story that may sound all too familiar in the age of mass shootings, Charles Whitman climbed a 32-story tower in the main building at the University of Texas in Austin and opened fire on August 1st, 1966. The night before, he had also killed his wife and mother. His 90-minute shooting spree claimed the lives of 16 people and wounded 31 others before he was taken out by police. 
The tower, which has also been a site of several suicides, is said to be haunted. According to some accounts, lights switch on and off even when the tower is vacant, while others have reported seeing a fleeting shadowy form that may belong to the Texas Tower sniper himself. Oof. Okay, this next one, I had never heard of him, but like in the last like two weeks, his name has came up several fucking times and I don't know, like it's weird. Interesting. And you guys, and some people are going to be like, how have you not heard of this dude, Tara? Because like, I don't like, I don't care about serial killers. I don't research them unless Jessica makes me. (laughs) This is very true. This is very true. But this guy may not be that. I don't know. Oh, okay. He's not a serial killer, but still, I digress. John Dillinger waits outside the Biograph Theater, the site of his last stand. Ooh, he was a gangster during the Great Depression. John Dillinger was only ever charged with a single murder, but he and his gang were suspected of many more, not to mention dozens of bank robberies and other crimes spanning more than four states. In 1934, he was ambushed by the FBI and gunned down as he left the theater in Chicago. In the years since, theater attendees have reported seeing a hazy figure run and fall in the alley next to the theater where he met his end. Is this the ghost of John, or is the ghost there for another reason? Some writers and historians, including J. Robert Nash, author of the Dillinger Dossier, have argued that another man who fell in Dillinger's place in the theater set up to take the fall by Dillinger's girlfriend, and the FBI covered it up afterwards. So perhaps this unresolved injustice is why the figure keeps returning to the scene of his demise. Mm-hmm. We love a good conspiracy theory. I definitely knew who he was. Yeah, I didn't fucking know who he was. But big surprise there. <laughs> well, like, I like F- the FBI kind of shit like that, so. Yeah. Oh, my God. So my friend Rebecca, that's Criminology and Coffee on TikTok. Uh-huh. She started this series on this thing. It's the website. I have to go look it up. It's like the Black Vaults or something. And she's like, and it's like so fucking funny. It's like people's, com- like right now she's doing like people's complaints of the lunchroom at like FBI offices or something. <laughs> and funny. she was like, oh my God, there's so much on there. Like you and Jessica need to do shit. So I was like, yes. So that's me telling you. <laughs> okay. But yeah, we got to look into it. Ap- apparently there's like all kinds of fucking shit. But anyways. So that is going to go ahead and wrap this episode up for today. We hope you enjoyed and we will be back here on Monday. Bye, guys. Bye. Three